Squire Radio, I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo, good afternoon, man. Man, good afternoon to you too, sir. How you doing today? Man, I'm doing okay. Yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on an upswing, man. I've had a uh, just a terrible bout of uh, bronchitis that, Ooh, yeah. you know, suffered there for, for about 10 days, and it was pretty brutal. And, and you know, it's funny. I, <laughs> I was talking to the doctor. He was like, you know, well, I said, well, you know, is this contagious? Can I go to work? And he's like, what? Well, it's not contagious. You're fine. Where do you work? And I... And just kind of paused. <laughs> you know, I have an upper respiratory disease, and right, it's like, you know, well, where, where do you work? Surely it'll be. And it, it, I just kind of looked at him, and then finally I told him, and he's like, "Well, I, I, you know, whatever you want to do, man." <laughs> it's like, eh, okay, all right. I'm like, I'm not inhaling, you know. I mean, it's it's, it's, it's fine. <laughs> anyway, it's been uh, it's been a little hard on my my money maker, man, my mouth. Uh, uh, past few weeks or a couple of weeks anyway, just haven't uh, haven't puffed them on my pipe a whole lot, and that's uh, been frustrating and and hard on my daily rhythms. But uh, man, getting getting everything back in line, and so we're doing well. Uh, enjoyed uh, enjoyed the weekend, and man, it's good to good to hit the ground running this week. So um, yeah, bring it on, man. Hopefully we uh, can can uh, you know stay healthy. <laughs> Oh man, look, it's uh it's it's time. You know, we're all getting a little sick after getting back into the world. It's just natural. We we haven't been sharing as many germs and now we're all sharing the germs <laughs> again and you know, like I, I you know, cuz I've talked to people I was like, "All right, so you've gotten your post-covid sickness, you've gotten your post-covid." You know what yeah, I mean? Like it's true. like like have you gotten your vaccine? <laughs> Good, you can go back in the world. Have you gotten sick after going back in the world? Good. Yeah, all right, now we can hang out. Way. Now our immune <laughs> <laughs> I know, man, to that, it's man. ridiculous. It, it, you know, the, you hear this kind of stuff, and you're like, "Well, you know, maybe we should leave the mask on." But no, nah, I'm, 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 I'm done with it if I can be. So anyway, <laughs> oh man. Well, so you know, I was, I was actually traveling this last. Yeah, past you went week. to the old, uh, the mitten, right? Yes, sir. Finally, the return of the Grand Rapids meetup. I went, uh, I went out to, of course, my uh, my in laws are all out in the Grand Rapids area, and uh, so I got a chance to visit them, see my little cousin who is not so little anymore, and got to go. Uh, fishing with my father-in-law and the great thing is this time uh my kids and uh yeah. and my cousin or my nephew rather got to uh, to come all with uh with us and uh, and it was so much fun and it was really something special uh you know i i love to go fly fishing i'm the only one in the group that goes fly fishing so it's kind of a spectacle for everybody else that i'm i'm out there but i actually did pretty good man i caught a couple of trout oh, this time great, around man how about that yeah listen i ter- typically have terrible luck and i just am just you know i'm like hey look the the leaves are out there and they're pretty and i guess this 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 time of year the leaves aren't all that pretty but regardless it's like you know <laughs> it, you know the it was it's right there in uh let's see rockford is the name of the city they've got kind of this beautiful dam where uh you know right at the foot of the dam uh, it's kind of where this this trickling river is, and that's that's where I uh, tend to fish. And uh, man, I found a little bridge. I got right underneath that bridge, and I just started pulling trout. It was great. You just man, you sl- you're slaying them. That's awesome. The funny thing is, I got a I got a text message from uh, from a friend whose show I manage, and uh, you know there was it was great great news. We had gotten featured by iTunes and everything, and there was kind of this uh, on on some of their social media platforms. Yeah. And I pull out my phone, and the second I pull out my phone. 
I feel a tug. And I'm like, <laughs> and you have to understand, this is the first trout I've ever caught. I go, fi- I go fly fishing every, well, before pandemic, every <laughs> single year. And I have never caught a thing. And then like at this moment, I, I end up catching something. I'm trying to figure out what to do with my phone because I didn't even bring my vest this year because I'm so out of touch. And like, it was, it was a nightmare. But I ended up pulling, uh, yeah, I think uh, three trout, trout in total. And, uh, and so I was, I was quite pleased. Well, that's uh, great, man. Shoot. That, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's and when awesome. you know it, because, because I'm so prepared to not catch anything i didn't bring my creel bag i didn't bring my vest like i didn't i was not prepared to even keep anything because i didn't think i was gonna like every single year i come with all this additional stuff and go home oh, empty handed. yeah well and were you were you uh did you have anyone with you to provide evidence were there any photos taken or anything like that the first one i was like hollering at people but but nobody saw me <laughs> and it got away uh the second one fortunately uh my 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 uh, nephew uh saw it and he ran to go get uh, my father-in-law and my daughter and they came out and all right good uh, yeah good. so, we, so, we, so we do have someone on the on God's green earth that uh, that saw you uh, saw it's you catch the fish. So That's great. right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was great. And my daughter couple caught a couple too. So we 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 did pretty well. My nephew caught one. We were uh, it was it was a fun trip. But uh, man, you know, one of the great things that that uh, came out of it, of course, is that yeah, uh, yeah. you know we do a, a meetup with the the listeners out there. And of course, man, I, <laughs> every single year, I, how do I say this? Yeah. It, you know, you, you could have the best relationship in the world with yeah. your in-laws and there's still something about visiting your in-laws. That's not necessarily like your favorite thing. You know what yeah, I mean? Sure. Of I, course. Yeah. Can I, can I say you, that? I don't know yeah. if I could say that. I think that's fair. Yeah. I yeah. Think that, I think that's fair. It, 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 it can be a little bit of a, you know, cause anyway, so point is <laughs> I look forward to it. I look forward to the fishing and I look forward to of course, my, my kids being with the grandparents and everything else. And it is good to connect with family and that. And I don't, you know, I don't want to besmirch that at all, but, but you also really look forward to the Grand Rapids pipe club meetup. Right. Well, when, I, when you say also, it, it might be like the thing I look forward to. Right, right. Of course. And uh, so this this time it was right at the tail end of the trip. And man, it, it came right on time. And I have got to give Good, a massive man. thank you to Eric and Rush for just putting together an amazing, amazing yeah. meetup. Great guys out there. Got to meet some uh, some new faces, some old faces, some very special folks, as I was kind of sharing with you uh, uh, yeah. before the show as well. Yeah. And awesome. uh, man, it was it was really it, it felt filled me up, man. Filled, filled my soul up. A couple things, though, I got to make mention of. First of all, I was incredibly honored because they, they made me an honorary member for life of the Furniture City Pipe Society. Oh, that's wonderful, man. Yeah. Yeah. I was extremely honored. They hooked me up with a shirt and they hooked me up with a couple of their various club blends, including mm-hmm. one that is a candidate for this year's club blend, the Kraken, which, oh my goodness, man, I, <laughs> I wrestled the Kraken. And let me tell you, that is a fine, fine blend. So I, you know, I don't, I don't know who's going to win. I don't know if I'm allowed to give any, you know, recommendations or anything. So <laughs> if I'm in trouble for mentioning it, I'm sorry, but man, that was some, that was a good pipe tobacco. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. So that was, that was really great, man. We, we, and rush. So this was at, at actually at his house, at his house rather. And like they, I, he took me into the beard cave. Okay. You know, Batman wow. has the bat cave. Uh, beard core has the beard cave. Has and to have the beard cave, right? Dude, like he has got so many beautiful pipes, so much pipe tobacco, a ton of like just a, a great setup. You know, he was kind of walking me through the story with kind of how he was able to acquire a lot of the things that are in there uh, yeah, connected yeah. to his former job at the uh, uh, tobacco traders or, or Buffalo tobacco traders, I believe. Uh, in in the area, man, just absolutely a fantastic experience. He he showed me some of his pipes specifically from his experience working on Father of the Flame. Gorgeous pipes, and actually, I'm I'm going to be posting pictures of that on our Twitter feed this week. 
week. Uh, so if you haven't uh, done so already, be sure to follow us on Twitter. You'll see some of those yeah. pictures from that as well as from the meetup. What else, man? Okay, we got to eat. Well, I, I'm not going to eat any crow, okay? Like, I'm, I'm not going to eat any crow for this. You were worried about eating crow for this, but but we need to acknowledge something. So there was, in Grand Rapids, a and, and from the Furniture City Pipe Society, an event that took place, deeply inspired by Country Squire Radio, <laughs> uh, or allegedly. allegedly. It really is awesome. It, re- it really is awesome. <laughs> All right. So as, as listeners will recall, recall, recently we did a Shire Select episode, or actually yeah. a two-part episode series Shire Select where we walked through the various Hobbit meals and we uh, paired them with pipe tobacco. We laid out what you know you might eat during that meal or what the Hobbits rather might eat during that meal and you paired that up with some delicious pipe tobacco that would go uh, through it. And as we acknowledged on part two, we probably should have acknowledged it at the top of part one, but that, you know, obviously hobbits are hobbits. They're fictional creatures who have stomachs and fortitude that the rest of us, you know, mortal men don't actually have. And you so we eat 16 meals a day. No, you, 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 don't, you don't do that. You don't do that. So they're putting away food, the amount, a quantity of food and thus pipe tobacco that would not necessarily be what we might call recommended. Okay. <laughs> to, to, to do well, <laughs> The, 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 the good folks at the Furniture City Pipe Society thought, yeah, let's do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so they actually did a Shire Select event where they literally paired all of the various dishes that we uh, walked through, including the, hot, including the one with the Hobbit sauce. They paired all of those with your pipe tobacco recommendations. And, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. And, they, you know, we actually got photos of this and they created a menu. I mean, it was really, it was awesome. It yeah. was truly awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? And I, and I told him this because uh, I told Eric, I was, he's like, oh, did you, not, did you not see this? I was like, oh, no, I saw it. I definitely saw it. I was like, but I didn't mention it because I didn't like, I thought this, this is, this, this is not recommended. <laughs> like we, I, I didn't want it to give the stamp of approval. I'm like, yeah, go and eat this much food and smoke this much pipe tobacco in the course of a 24 hour period. Uh, dude, whatever. It, it was, it was the best thing ever. It was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was truly awesome, man. Just uh, everything that they put together and all the time and, and energy they put behind that. And, oh, look, um, it looked incredible. And in on the backside of COVID too. So folks are, uh, you know, starting to appreciate each other's fellowship and all this it was it was it was really neat we were honored by it great crazy folks out there absolutely loved getting to uh to meet and uh, re-meet and and know folks uh in in the area and i just i cannot thank y'all enough for uh for rolling out the red carpet and hmm. um yeah and like you know anyway that's uh it was it was, it was a blast man it was an absolute blast and I remember very specifically this trip. I was thinking like, I don't, I don't think I'm coming back to Grand Rapids, but, <laughs> but then after, but then after that experience, I was like, okay, <laughs> like I'm coming back to Grand Rapids. <laughs> it's one thing when, when the, I mean, I think people can relate with this, but when the pipe society becomes like your, your pipe club and, and yeah. your pipe friends become your family, uh, they, they become your family. There's, there's an element of that. And it really did feel like a family reunion. That's wonderful, respects, man. So. I'm so glad you got to experience that. And of course, man, hello to all our dear friends up there. And, uh, man, if you are ever in that, that part of Michigan, uh, it is, it is a joy to go interact with all those guys and, um, man, just a, just a really active, very, um, very, you know, well put together pipe club that is, um, you know, just, um, uh, incredible, just full of incredible people. So, uh, if you're ever up that way, please go, please go inquire to where they're meeting or if they're meeting or anything like that, you'll be, you'll be blessed to hang out with those guys. Oh, and one last thing, I just got to mention this. There was a particular custom corn cob. You know, we talk about cor- custom Missouri Meerschaum pipes and people yeah. have done some crazy things with corn cobs. 
the uh, the folks the folks there at the Furniture City uh, uh, Pipe Society they, they got some creative folks. Okay, <laughs> I, I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, they, they, I, I, I almost I don't know if we've ever done an episode on somebody's specific custom pipe before, but but that might need to happen at some point. And you never know. I, you there, never know. I just there are a lot of uh, exquisite uh, <laughs> uh, Missouri Meerschaum mods out there. And, yeah, uh, this this is this is one. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just gonna leave it at that, and hopefully it's something we will revisit in the near future. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. There we go. All right. That's 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 what's up there, uh, man. How are things at the shop? How are things at Jackson? Man, things are great. You know, it's um, we as you <laughs> as you heard from last week's uh, very poorly recorded episode. I uh, got to meet last week with uh, with Dave. Shane uh, from the Pipery and just uh, get to talk about, you know, kind of his experience in the pipe world and, uh, you know, the pocket jar that they have created and some of their other, uh, you know, cool inventions and stuff like that. So, Dave, just a good guy. And really, you know, you you find good people in the pipe world, which, you know, they're all over the place because there's so many of them. But you find those folks and you just want to support them. And and I I would just, you know, encourage folks to to support the the Pipery and what Dave's doing. It's just a just a neat outfit that they've got. Yeah. Anyway, man, yeah, we got some got some custom uh, pocket jars made for the Country Squire, and those, uh, if they're not already uh, available for sale by the time that this recording goes out, they will be uh, just days away. So, uh, anyway, fired up about that, and uh, event, you know, uh, actually trying to get some uh, some events planned for the fall. We're Ooh. finally loose, loosening up on the local uh, uh, mask regulations and that type of thing. So, trying to get some uh, some things on the books. But other than that, man, yeah, we're just uh, just plugging along. So. It's it's uh, it's going well around ye old pipe shop, man. All right, well that's uh it's exciting, man. I, I always love when when plans enter back into the books. That's uh yeah. that's that's a good <laughs> sign. Well, man. All right, so we are this week doing an episode in our ongoing series, Pipe Smoking One Hundred and One. Now these are always a lot of fun to do because it's a chance for those of us who've been enjoying the pipe for some time to share, kind of take a take a back seat and really kind of give the show to yeah. those who are not, you know, as as well-versed, the newer pipe smokers out there. Uh, you know, I mentioned the Grand Rapids meetup. You know, one of the things that we did while we were out there is we all kind of went around and shared, you know, how we, we've kind of first came to the pipe and like what was that first experience like. And, you know, I, I remember, you know, just specifically through that process, I had, thinking about how I learned how to smoke a pipe poorly <laughs> before you kind of, uh, uh, you know, came along and was my Obi-Wan here. Uh, <laughs> and it was, but it was specifically from, you know, going to like YouTube and going to online uh, uh, spaces, especially if you don't have a quality uh, pipe shop in your area or one that you feel very comfortable in. It's a great, you know, venue to get started and kind of figure yeah. this thing out. And so, you know, in many respects, this is, this is us giving back to, uh, you know, giving back to the kids. I don't know about that. But anyway, <laughs> point is it is an, it's an opportunity for us to really uh, focus on those that are, are kind of, kind of figuring this thing out. And so man, today, the topic for pipe smoking one one is how do I smoke flake tobacco, including, you know, along with this, a little bit of extra knowledge for you. You got some, uh, you got some history, you got some best practices. We're gonna, we're not just gonna show you how to do it. We're gonna teach you a little something along the way, or at least I say we. John David is here, ladies and gentlemen, as the professor to teach us <laughs> along the way. <laughs> ah, nah, you know more than you think you do, <laughs> man. Flake tobacco, yeah, it's one of those, uh, you know, fascinating cuts that, um, of course, is one of the most unique cuts that are that are out there. And flake tobacco makes a statement, and it's so interesting uh, to uh, to so many. People, particularly new pipe smokers, and um, you know it, it, it's intimidating. It's alluring. Uh, it makes a new smoker question: <laughs> Why? 
why would you do that? Why why would you put tobacco in a in a flake form? You know, and what's the purpose of that? It's kind of kind of crazy. Bo, do you remember the first time you encountered flake tobacco? I mean, it had to have been at the Squire, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was actually at a long smoke competition um, where, you know, oftentimes with kind of the long smoke competitions, you got uh, raffles and that sort of thing. And I believe I actually won. Oh, gosh. I think it was a uh, was it a Kentucky? I can't remember exactly what it was, but I do remember. Yeah, it might have f- been uh, the uh, dark. Uh, I think it uh, was dark, uh, dark, strong, Kentucky or dark, I think, strong. From, that's right. From Orlick or it could have been the, the old dark fired. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think if I'm remembering correctly in the raffle, actually one. Uh, some and that was li- that was literally yeah. my first ever flake. And I do remember looking at it like, OK, uh, <laughs> how do I save face by admitting that I have no idea what to do? What to do oh, with no, this? man, it's ridiculous. I, I remember the first time I saw flake, I, I remember thinking, like, what the heck do I do with that? And I, I, you know, then set off to crawl into a corner somewhere where I could smoke it by myself and not make a complete <laughs> fool of myself because I, I just didn't know what I was doing. But um, man, flake tobacco. What First, what is it? What is flake tobacco? And what's the story there? Flake tobacco is whole leaf tobacco that is compressed uh, into blocks and then it's sliced. Uh, so you can think of a big block uh, that we call a plug. This is a, a giant um block of whole tobacco leaves that have been smashed together uh, under a hydraulic press and under thousands of pounds of pressure. Uh, and then they're they're sliced by these very powerful machines that can do them very uh, efficiently and make these very neat little, uh, little flakes that we know and love today. So why would you do that? Why would these big companies uh, go to the trouble of, you know, these giant machines and slicing this tobacco in this way and all this? Mm. And, uh, and this is where the history lesson comes in a little bit, right? Flake tobacco is hailed because of its superior flavor and its ability to stay fresh. Like most uh, novel ideas in history, it was birthed out of both uh, accident but also necessity, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, which which is interesting. You can think of all the things uh, that were uh, just kind of accidentally cooked up, and uh, flake tobacco is right there as well. Stories are are told that tobacco, you know, harvested in the United States. We think about the uh, center of the you know tobacco production for the uh, world for so long. The tobacco here was placed traditionally in the uh, bottom of the cargo hold of the uh, the ships that were sent back over into Europe and 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 you know due to its bulk and weight it just made more sense for uh, these massive amounts of tobacco to kind of go towards the bottom of the uh, of the ship and 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 the cargo placed on top created a lot of pressure and of course heat that was transferred there to the tobacco and so uh, that pressure and heat you know it didn't take the merchant the merchants. Uh, long to figure out that, you know, these tobaccos, they really tasted kind of better after they arrived in Europe as opposed to when they left uh, the New World. And so, you know, you've got this, um, you know, Virginia leaf that's, uh, you know, on its way across the Atlantic Ocean. And by the time it gets there, it, it, it looks a little different. It tastes a little, it even smells a little different. This is a, a, an interesting experience. And so they uh, kind of deduce that this is, uh, this is happening. And is it, you know, is it the age? Is it because it took so long to get over there? Is it the, is it the pressure? Is it because this tobacco is sat in the, you know, bowels of the ship and is getting pressed mm-hmm. upon? Or, yeah. or is it the heat? created by uh you know that that pressure and just all the you know stuffiness there in the lower parts of that ship and and, and the answer is yes it's all those things right. pressing tobacco became a uh way of uh enhancing the flavor and the smokeability of uh of the tobacco and so that um you know just became something that was commonplace the real reason 
that pressing pipe tobacco and then cutting it into flakes was popular. And, and, and it, this is really where the necessity of all this comes in, and it really is uh, kind of neat. As, pro- as you're probably aware, life at sea, uh, you know, 500 years ago, it's changed dramatically, right? I mean, you know, we as as hard as the modern sailor works today, and and certainly the modern seaman and the navy, or or you know, any navy uh, works. I mean, these are hardworking people. But you know, 500 years ago, the the uh, quality of their life uh, was very different. You know, these were you know folks that were generally treated uh, pretty poorly, and they were working in excruciatingly um, harsh conditions. And, um, you know, they didn't have many luxuries. They didn't have many things to look forward to. It was one of those, um, you know, just very uh, brutal lifestyles. And uh, one of the few luxuries that they did have were their rations of tobacco. Of course, along with their uh, with their grog or beer or uh, occasionally rum, depending on the uh, you know the part of the world you found yourself in. But um, you know, navies and the the senior staff of these of these ships, they had a lot of incentive to keep the sailors kind of well medicated. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like these guys mutiny. Were having... What what mutiny? Oh, no, you pipe tobacco here. It is. No, pipe, oh, pipe tobacco <laughs> and rum. Yeah, no, it's great. Hey, everything's gonna be fine. It's gonna be yeah. Let's just be a good night. And yeah, so just, just chill. Just, just... And, uh, you know, so they, they did, they had a lot of incentive to, to keep these guys kind of, kind of pumped up, you know, and so tobacco provided that comfort, you know, but there was a, there was a problem with tobacco and that's the, the same thing that they, of course, you know, the same problem that they faced in other, in providing other things like nutrition to their sailors. The, mm-hmm. the problem is that tobacco is a perishable item. It's a, uh, it's a plant that is uh, harvested and, and, and cured and, and then consumed. And, you know, we're talking about a, a time period before tins, you know, we have these fancy, um, you know, brass colored uh, vacuum seal tins that we all know and love and collect and are even, uh, are even, um, you know, little plastic, you know, four mil uh, Ziploc baggies that make such good, uh, you know, totes for tobacco or, you know, if you're really into it, your uh, mylar pouches that are uh, kind of a, you know, beautiful sheen to them and all this stuff. And they, they didn't have any of that. <laughs> you know, all this right. was was before that. And um, so, you know, how were sailors to, supposed to keep their tobacco uh, fresh? Again, it's a lot of the same questions that they had for, for foodstuffs. Uh, long trips at sea, the tobacco leaves would just dry out. And, and really, due to that, you really kind of had your first hamster cage tobacco. You know, this tobacco would just become uh, almost uh, dust-like, powdery and, uh, and and very brittle, dry, almost unsmokable, essentially. And so sa- sailors experimented with ways to preserve the tobacco. Soaking it in water was something that folks often tried, but, you know, generally that just kind of created a, a disgusting, uh, slimy mess. Uh, rolling up tobacco in canvas uh, and then covering the the canvas with uh, with tar uh, was a uh, was a uh, method uh, tried by some but um, you know it would preserve the tobacco but uh, it ruined the flavor of the tobacco essentially you were left with something that was disgusting and toxic and just you know absolutely foul <laughs> and nice. uh, you know it's just uh, it, tobacco obviously absorbs a lot of uh, aromas and and the characteristics of things around it. And so, um, you know, preserving tobaccos with sugar water seemed to work. That that was something that uh, se- 
seem to, uh, you know, allow for the preservation of the quality of the leaf um, and its smokability. Uh, tobacco was essentially soaked in a simple syrup and then rolled up or pressed very tightly uh, to limit its exposure to air. Uh, and of course, rum being the uh, chosen drink often of the sea, uh, rum eventually became popular. Um, and who wouldn't like that? Like one of their favorite things, like also soaked in rum. Like, well, mm. well yeah, <laughs> that, that's great. Rum actually, you know, has this tradition as kind of a uh, preservative. At the Battle of Trafalgar, you know, Horatio Nelson, he's uh, peacocking on the front of his ship with his big hat, and he's just uh, towards the end of this decisive battle, which he's won for, uh, you know, his majesty's navy and all this kind of stuff. And, um, and and he gets, of course, shot because he's so conspicuous there on the front of his boat. And what do they do? They don't just, you know, you can't give someone that famous a burial at sea. And, you know, you got to bring the guy home, right? So what do they do? They just, they, well, they pack him in rum. <laughs> they bring they bring him home. And, and I think he's actually still uh, still preserved in that rum somewhere as well. Man, sign uh, me up for that. I'm I know, just, right? What a way to go, right? <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So, you know, it, it, it has this kind of... Um, you know, element where it's used in that way anyway. Uh, the, the sugar and the liquid and the compression, of course, uh, you know, would, would uh, you know, the, the leaf under all those circumstances would degrade more slowly. And obviously the flavor was enhanced due to the extra fermentation. Uh, but, you know, also the added flavor of the rum was kind of a nice, uh, a nice treat at times as well. It didn't, uh, certainly didn't hurt uh, for the, uh, for the sailor that was undergoing a lot of, uh, a lot of harsh harshness uh, harsh conditions on the sea and so the most popular flakes at this time were coins what they would do they would roll the tobacco up into these bars and then they would store it very tightly kind of in a log or in a roll uh, shape and then they would just cut the little coins off as they consumed the tobacco and so your first flakes your first most popular flakes were in coin style which we still see today in the likes of um, you know Peterson's uh, deluxe navy rolls or a scudo or or something of that nature all the the different twists from Mac Barron and things like that. Uh, all this led to the development of the modern flake tobacco, which we know and love today. Uh, tobacco blenders took note, you know, eventually uh, that you know, hey, this this process is popular. These it's uh, something that's familiar for these uh, seamen that are going over the world and then coming back home and wanting to uh, consume this tobacco. It's a known quantity. It's a uh, a house favorite, and it's something that's shared. And and uh, you know, we can do this. We can. Send Simulate this, and so um, they began to uh, take note, and eventually began pressing uh, tobacco into block form, uh, which is something a little easier to do than uh, so many of the twists. And so, um, you know, it's an interesting fact that so many flake tobaccos or um, or coin cut tobaccos are now referred to as a navy cut or a navy blend, uh, and generally that's due to the fact that they're rolled or in flake. Uh, you know, flat uh, sheet-like flake form, uh, and less frequently because the tobacco, uh, you know, sometimes they'll name it that because it's got a rum flavor to the tobacco, but often it's uh, it's solely just because of the cut of the tobacco. So, um, so it's something interesting to keep in mind. But um, you know, flake tobacco, obviously, they've the, it was developed out of necessity because this is something that allows the tobacco to stay fresher for longer. Anytime the uh, tobacco is exposed to less air. 
it just allows the tobacco to not degrade at a faster rate. And so, uh, and of course, that extra age and, and pressure, the you know quality of the fermentation process that continues on, uh, just aids the flavor of the tobacco in general. So that's your thirty thousand foot view uh, history of uh, of flake tobacco and kind of why we do that, where that came from. And so now it's like, well, well, how do you smoke this stuff? It's awfully nice that, you know, we developed this way to preserve tobacco, but, you know, it can be a little intimidating, right? It's uh, it's something to do, you know, when you see that tobacco at your favorite uh, tobacco shop or, uh, you know, if you're browsing online and you kind of come across some, you're like, well, that, you know, that is uh, a little intimidating. So, um, it, you know, the key is to leave it in the flake form uh, until you're ready to consume it. You want to enjoy the full effect of the uh, the pressing process that was developed specifically to keep that tobacco fresh. And, you know, if you're, if you're enjoying it in that way, that method where you're, uh, you know, cutting up the tobacco when you uh, are consuming it, it's kind of the original way to enjoy that tobacco primary way is to rub the tobacco out. A lot of people, um, what they'll do is they'll just kind of take the tobacco leaf and, uh, you know, the flake that's been presented to them. Uh, you've got flakes that are like a uh, the old dark fired by Mac Barron, which are kind of sheet-like flakes. They come in little squares. You've got the, obviously, the, uh, the coin cut flakes that are more circular, like little uh, medallions, you know, that you think of a scudo or uh, something of that nature. So you've got these two types of tobaccos that are presented, and it's like, well, okay, so the the primary way of consuming this is to uh, to, to basically rub it apart, to tear it out. You can kind of take the flake or the coin that's presented and just generally, um, you know, shred at it, kind of, kind of work it between your fingers and, and tear it apart until it, you know, as in, eventually, uh, presents itself like, uh, you know, you've got a bit of, uh, ribbon cut tobacco there. And, uh, you know, it, when you, when you rub out flake tobacco to put in your pipe, you kind of, you kind of feel like maybe you're wimping out a little bit. You know, you almost feel like you're supposed to fold it up and just cram it in your pipe or you're supposed to smoke it a different way or something like that. But but generally, when you think about it, the rubbing out of flake tobacco is actually the original way to consume said tobacco. That tobacco was designed to be folded up and um, and rolled tightly in order to keep it fresh until you're ready to consume it, and then you just kind of tear it apart. And so that's the way. Don't don't feel like you're, uh, you know, lessening the experience by uh, by rubbing the flake apart to uh, to prepare it for your bowl but um, so you, you want to uh, you know tear the tobacco apart until it is kind of loose um, and then uh, these shreds you'll load into your pipe uh, you're gonna pack more gently compared to a normal uh, cut you know so if you've got a ribbon cut, um, tobacco. We do a lot. Of, a lot of times, the standard method that we all talk about is a a loose pack, a medium pack, a tight pack, um, and and the, to some degree that carries forth with with uh, flake tobacco that's been rubbed apart, but. You know, generally, you're actually going to want to pack it a little looser than that, on average, all the way up. And that, that's because those uh, flakes, even though you've rubbed them apart, the ribbons that are stuck together, that ready-rubbed tobacco that it's become, they're still a little chunky. They are still uh, have some moisture to them that's kind of uh, stuck in there, and they, they uh, tend to be a little clumpy and chunky. And so uh, you're not going to want to pack it quite as tightly in order to, uh, to get a, a proper pack in your pipe, and it'll help you uh, keep it lit uh, that way. 
Uh, you'll light it slowly. It's a methodical process. This is something where uh, you're going to give great care to where you're applying the flame. And so uh, you've packed your pipe kind of loosely, and now you're going to, um, you know, gently roll your match over the uh, the top of the bowl, uh, taking deep puffs, getting that flame deep inside the bowl. Um, but this is going to be a process that probably will require more than, uh, you know, your average two or three matches. You may burn a few more kind of getting that flame flame deep in there. Um, you know, I, I have done, in this case, a, a few kind of charring lights in order to get it lit. Uh, you know, you'll make one pass and kind of toast the top, tamp it down, make another pass and toast it a little further, tamp it down. You're kind of kind of caramelizing those sugars that are on the top level of that uh, that pipe tobacco. And, and once you do that, you build that bed. And slowly, as you're working it slowly, uh, it really will reward you with a, with a better, uh, more thoroughly lit pipe and, uh, and, and something that's great. You kind of have that primary method, rubbing it apart like that. The other alternative method, of course, is the fold and stuff method that a lot of folks just just swear by. And I used to think I was a failure as a pipe smoker because I couldn't really get it down. And then I realized, well, no, you don't have to do that. That's not even how they probably did it initially, <laughs> right? Man, right. folding and stuffing the leaf, a lot of people swear by this, right? You're taking the flake that's been uh, presented and you're you're kind of uh, maybe taking half a flake if it's one of these square flakes, folding it into quarters and just kind of putting it into your pipe almost as a cylinder. It's, uh, you know, uh, you're taking it and folding it gently into a little, uh, a little cylinder and then kind of compressing it down into the bowl. This is going to take, you know, extra lighting, more patience. If you do get it down if it's something that, you know, occasionally I've been successful at this. And if you do get it down, it does produce a longer, slower burn. It's something where, uh, you know, there's less of the tobacco is is exposed to the air and it just takes a longer time. But it's something that's going to allow for more or it'll it'll need you to allow for more care and more uh, prep time on the front. And you may go through half a box of matches. And you know what? If you've got a tongue that's made of titanium, go for it. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Third, you've got this kind of roll method, which is, you know, if you're a real glutton for punishment, you might do this. You might take the tobacco in the leaf form and just kind of roll it up going with the grain. And it's just basically a uh, kind of a modification of of the fold and stuff method. And so, uh, again, you're going to take a really long time in order to get the pipe lit. But what people swear by is the ability for the tobacco to stay lit longer, more consistently uh, once you get it lit that way and, and just for the flavors to be that much more uh, kind of baked and caramelized in the in the bowl. So some of the best tobaccos in the world are flakes, uh, and, and of course we're including coin slices in that because uh, fundamentally that's what they are. We you know if you've listened to the show for a long time, you know that I'm a complete Orlick Golden Sliced fanboy, and um, you know if smoked way too much of that in my life. We talk about Escudo, Luxury Navy Flake, the Kamoi Cask Number no. Seven is something that's very popular right now. Uh, Mac Barron's uh, Dark Twist or Pure Virginia or things that are harder to find. You know, we talked about Bob's Chocolate Flake or uh, Gaywith and Hogarth's Rum Flake recently. Uh, you know, those are those are tobaccos that, that are all kind of in that form and that, you know, if you haven't tried, you need to try a flake tobacco. There's, uh, there's just so many good ones out there. 
we want to hear from you. Like, what what are your best practices on smoking flake tobacco? Uh, are there tips and tricks that maybe we didn't uh, didn't mention on this episode, or things that we've uh, kind of failed to think about? What's um, you know something we haven't mentioned that uh, that other listeners ought to try? And and uh, you know again, best practices from anything from uh, storage to packing and lighting and and all that kind of stuff. And uh, maybe there's some other you know best selling flake tobaccos or, or not so best-selling flake tobaccos that we need to be aware of that you really like. So uh, let us know. We'd love to love to mention some of those on the air. With all of these pipe smoking 101s, I think it's important just to remind the newer pipe smokers, like, there, there's not one right way. I mean, uh, there's a couple of really good ones. <laughs> <laughs> it might be, you know, I mean, like, my point is, though, you don't beat yourself up if you can't figure it out at first. It's going to take a little finessing, and don't let somebody tell you that something that is working for you isn't the right way to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like is don't 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 let that kind of that kind of attitude come in. And in fact, I would even argue it's part of the American spirit to uh to be able to, you know, uh figure out the flake tobacco method that works best for you and and to share that along with others. And of course, here at Country Squire Radio, we are big fans of the American spirit, especially around this time of year, the 4th of July, just like our good friends at Missouri Meerschaum. <laughs> that is right, man. Of course, Missouri Meerschaum, uh, a longtime American company that has uh, deep roots in America's heartland. And uh, they have put together a stellar pack uh, kit for Independence Day 2021 this year, and it's available right now on their website. Uh, if you go to corncobpipe.com, you can find the Independence Day Bundle 2021. Um, Really, really cool. This rustic American bundle features an antique clay pipe reminiscent of the original 13 colonies and a rugged corncob pipe of the New World. Uh, you may choose either a Jamestown or Williamsburg Old Dominion clay pipe and either a Let Freedom Ring Straight Fifth Avenue or a bent Rob Roy corncob pipe. Finally, each bundle comes with a 1.5-ounce tin of premium English aromatic Independence Day pipe tobacco that was blended, obviously, for Missouri Meerschaum and, uh, in a beautiful, you know, very handsome uh, vacuum seal tin. And so uh, the bundle won't be around for long. It's something that uh, they're doing uh, this July and uh, just something really exciting that you can grab from them. So check it out. Go to corncobpipe.com and get this special kit uh, a clay pipe and a corncob pipe and some delicious pipe tobacco all together. And uh, the good folks there will ship it to your front door. That's exactly right, man. And hey, thanks to the good folks at Missouri Mission for sponsoring this show. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Pipe question of the week. Pipe question of the week. All right, man. This one is coming in from Angel or Angela. And Angel. Angle? Or on hell. Yeah. On, on hell. <laughs> It's probably Angel. <laughs> yeah, man. Angel's writing in. This is what she has to say. It says, hey there, guys. Not sure if this is the proper way to reach out, but I'll go with it. Uh, I am a female pipe smoker. My question is how women should work through the space of the pipe smoking community. I am comfortable ordering the products online and smoking alone. However, there is a small want to engage with the community and advice would be appreciated. Thank you for all the information you guys put out there. And again, that is from Angel. Man, great question. And uh, of course, um, you know, we're seeing more and more uh, female pipe smokers kind of come into the uh, fray and we're happy to see that. And um, yeah, you know, I, I think in, essentially you, uh, you your outlets are going to be very uh, similar to any other pipe smoker. Uh, you said you're comfortable ordering products online and, um, you know, wanting to engage in the community. It's uh, it's part of it. That's what, um, you know, all the great uh, forums that are out there, uh, be it thispipelife.com or the uh, Pipes Magazine forums, certainly all the crazy content on uh, Facebook, uh, the Instagram pipe community, and of course the YouTube pipe community. There's um, some some great ways there to to interact. Um, you know, there's a lot of good groups that we have regularly pointed people to on the interwebs. Of course, uh, Briar Nation is a, a, a favorite of Country Squire Radio, and uh, those guys are crazy. If you've got some thicker skin, Angel, you may want to uh, show yourself over there. There's several uh, active female pipe smoking and cigar smoking voices in that realm, and also, you know, uh, I'm active on the uh, Reform, Reformed Pipe and Cigar Lounge. Uh, there's Pipe Smokers of America. Um, and oddly enough, the Gentleman's Pipe Society, too, has a has a very, um, you know, a very healthy contingent of, uh, of lady pipe smokers. And so, uh, you know, go check those out. I think there's I think you'll find a lot more people there that uh, that you'll you'll feel very comfortable very, very quickly in those settings. So, um, I, you know, I, I want to take this, you know, kind of moment to to also say like, you know, it's just some great women that are involved in the uh, greater pipe community. Uh, of course, you know, um, some of the uh, biggest names uh, in, in American uh, pipe retail, we've got Kathleen Kelly, who of course owns a uh, cup of joes.com. Uh, awesome um, online uh, pipe and tobacco retailer. She does a great job and um, is just a, a very, very talented woman in her own business there. Uh, Sally Gottlipson, she, uh, is the pipe tart and, and deals with a lot of new pipes and estate pipes. And you always see Sally at the different pipe shows. She's got a great personality. Um, Silver Gray and Scotty Purcell, uh, two of the uh, best known American artisan pipe makers, both females. And, and of course, uh, tobacco blenders as well. We talked um, in the past about Mary McNeil with um, you know, McClelland and, and, uh, and our own Liz first here at the country squire who recently retired, uh, has, uh, has several blends to her name as well. So anyway, be, be motivated, be encouraged. I think there's a lot of, uh, a lot of great, uh, opportunity for you to climb in. I think you'll be affirmed pretty quick. And you know, one of the things too, I think, uh, I, I get that it can kind of feel like a boys club, especially when like a lot of the, 
the voices that you hear in the pipe community are are male. But let me just also encourage some of our sisters of the briar out there. If, if y'all want to start like a, 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 you know, a podcast, a little female centric podcast or anything like that, just to kind of, you know, highlight some, uh, some voices, uh, man, the community would, I think would very much welcome that. Yeah, absolutely. So just throwing that out. There. I never tell people to start a podcast, <laughs> but I will say like, no, no, not if it's going to compete with ours. Well, you know? no, it's not going <laughs> to compete. It's, it's, you know, the more the merrier. Absolutely. That's right. That's <laughs> but right. I do. Uh, I, I think there's a, there's, you know, I'm, I'm a big proponent of, you know, I, when, especially when it comes to podcasts, like, you know, the more, the more focused your art is, the more universal it becomes. And I think there's yeah. uh, great value that can, that can occur there. Uh, not just for, you know, women in the pipe smoke community, but also for the men as well. So anyway, all that to say, uh, just want to throw that out there. I think that's a, you know, a great question. Thank you so much for writing an angel and I want to say, if you've got a pipe question of the week for us, be sure to send it in. That's show at countrysquireradio.com. Again, that is show at countrysquireradio.com. Quick fire with the squire. Quick fire questions. Ow! Right, man. Quick fire (laughs) questions. Uh, We are continuing on to July Madness. What this is insane. March I, I Madness. Don't even, I, I don't even know where to go with this anymore. <laughs> I think I don't. Uh, this is not going to take all of two. two it's twenty twenty one madness. Is what it is, and you know what it is, madness. So I think it's I think it's appropriate. <laughs> uh, all right, here we go. This we're, we're continuing on our heroes of the bowl bracket. We are now into the final four and going to bring us to the championship. This this one, my friend. Uh, there 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 will be uh, friends will be made, hearts will be broken, enemies uh, enemy line drawn, uh, and we may never have some of the same listeners ever again. Why are we doing this? Well, that's, that's a, a great, great question. question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll get, we'll get one probably less controversial of the two out of the way. All right. Okay. Here's, All right. here's the bowl. This is final four. Here we go. Okay. Uh, Faulkner versus Sir Walter Riley. I got to go with Sir Walter Raleigh. I, I, mm. I think I got to, I, mm. ugh, that's painful, but I, I think yeah. I got to go with Sir Walter Raleigh. I think, you know, as a, as you know, the pipe historian and someone who cares about the uh, genesis of uh, our hobby, and obviously uh, connected to a lot of other <laughs> important uh, historical events as well, uh, man, I, yeah, I, I'm I'm going with. Uh, Wow. I'm going with Walter. Yeah. Okay. Well, your Mississippi card has officially been revoked. It's been, uh, sta- it's been <laughs> at least, uh, if not revoked, at least bludgeoned, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. All right. Um, yeah. Okay. Wow. All right. You, 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 you can live with your decisions there. All right. So, uh, Sir Walter Riley making it to uh, the championship round. Who will he be going up against? Now, that is the question because right now, this is the one that people have been waiting for. People are on the edge of their seats. In one corner, we have J.R.R. Tolkien, the OG of the double R's in the writing community. George, I'm talking about Tolkien himself. All right. Hobbits, orcs, rings of power, pipe smoking, of course. Mm. Now, he is going toe-to-toe with his BFF, his bestie, Bros Mm. of the Briar, clashing in C.S. Lewis, (laughs) him of the wardrobe, him of the space trilogy that nobody ever talks about, him (laughs) of the screw tape letters, him that was naysayed by every single pastor out there until he died, and now every single pastor has to include one Lewis reference in all of their, you know, sermons, and it's kind of weird how that happens. But anyway, regardless, (laughs) C.S. Lewis... Versus J.R.R. Tolkien, uh, John David Cole, 
And I just uh, want to say, before you say whatever you're about to say, this, John David is speaking for himself and not for me, nor necessarily <laughs> for the views of Country Squire Radio. John David Cole, who wins? Tolkien versus Lewis. I, I, I think, therefore, I am. <laughs> It can't be a draw, man. This is we got to go to the championship no, on this one. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go probably the same route I did as as before. Okay, okay. And you know, answering it from a pipe smoker's perspective, right? Okay. Someone who uh, is incredibly uh, you know interested in the community, indebted to the community, the story of it, the spirit of it. I gotta go with Tolkien. Wow. I, I I gotta go with Tolkien, okay. and right. and that I, I think that's I think that's important. I, you know, no one. Uh, probably from a literary standpoint, but also in a posthumous standpoint, <laughs> frankly, has done more for uh, our pastime wow. than yeah. J.R.R. Tolkien. I it, it's um it's kind of crazy when you think about it. I mean, I you know there are a lot of people, as we've mentioned many times before, that kind of got on this whole you know pipe smoking bandwagon when they saw their favorite uh, hobbitses pull out their church warden in whatever movie it was, and 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 you know yeah we we can kind of say roll our eyes and say oh, okay there's another long bottom leaf smoker kind of deal, but you know a lot of those people today are are people with artisan pipes that they've collected and and have gotten into you know uh, some very sophisticated english blends and and collecting uh you know handmade briars from from the past and um you know these are seasoned pipe smokers today a lot of them a lot of them were not people that just entered and then left after the uh, hobbit movies kind of got stale and mm. uh, you know so a lot of these people uh, are permanent entries into uh, into our community and we owe that to him. I mean, that that would not have happened without the works of J.R.R. Tolkien and, of course, all the creative people coming after him, uh, kind of uh, building up that legacy. And so, um, yeah, I think as a pipe smoker, um, I'm going to go with Tolkien. Okay. I got to tell you, it, it, it certainly justifies you picking Sir Walter Riley. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I almost feel like you set that up so that you had an out for the Tolkien V. I really didn't. I, I really, I, I really didn't. It, uh, okay. yeah, it just, it just worked out that way. All right. Well, no, no, you have laid out the groundwork then my friend, you have kind of set the stage in terms of talking about choosing somebody based off of the legacy and kind of the longevity that their impact has had on the pipe community. Uh, is this now, a precedent? Is that a thing? Well, uh. so this is the this is the situation because now uh. here we are. This is the championship round. We have Sir Walter Riley, the OG Sea Dog himself of the pirate Queen Elizabeth Sea Dogs <laughs> and her sometimes consort <laughs> versus again J.R.R. Tolkien. Uh, as you have just laid out, uh, both of these gentlemen have had significant impact on the pipe community and, and kind of where, where it is in this certain era. And of course the era of the day, uh, I, I think that, you know, we, we could talk about which one is, is more of a morally righteous man. Sure. But that's not the, that's certainly not how you laid this out. So man, this is the big question. <laughs> Sir Walter Riley, the pirate ish versus J.R.R. Tolkien, the godfather of the modern fantasy. Who's it going to be? I I just wish you could say the word Raleigh correctly. Like never. If you could just say if you could just Rale say Walter Sir Walter Raleigh. Riley's going to Meerschaum and <laughs> and he is going to uh, go to Missouri Meerschaum and he is going to. There's got to be something else I mispronounce. Everybody's uh, name. He's going to see all of our name, pipe right? members. <laughs> all right. No, don't change the subject, man. You're trying oh to get out of this. Who's going to be the Can we talk about it next week? No. 
This week. All right. This yeah. week. This is it. This is how we do. Shoot, shooting from the hip. I, I'm going with Tolkien. I, okay, I'm, I'm going with Tolkien. <laughs> I, I think you know, <laughs> and that's probably a little uh, a little hypocritical. But uh, you know, p- p- pipe tobacco in its modern form uh, may not exist without Sir Walter Raleigh. But uh, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Tolkien. Man, is a hero of the bowl and someone that uh, is uh, almost universally uh, acclaimed, and um, you know, someone that uh, has a has quite a legacy, both uh, and a positive legacy, both inside and outside the pipe smoking world and um and uh and someone that we can uh that we can look up to so there yeah go. I'm, I'm gonna go with uh i'm gonna go with jrr <laughs> all right all right no, that's that's good that's the easy that's the easy choice there i kind of I, I built built it up but we think we all knew where that was going <laughs> as much as i would like to know kind of you know the uh history of the elizabethan court and all that other stuff i you know if i had to really be buddies with one of them and and you know all that I'd, I'd probably probably pick the latter. <laughs> yeah, you got, you got, no, there you go. All right, man. Well, this was uh, this was really good. Uh, thank you so much uh, for for sitting through uh, this next bracket or this this uh, this round of the brackets, the Heroes of the Bowl. I think we've got one more final bracket left. I if hope I, so. I think that's right. <laughs> I think, and I mean, this is where it's actually. Uh, I joked about friends getting made and, and enemies and such. The next one, just to like make you sweat a little bit, is tobacco blenders. The, These, okay. Ah, that's awful. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) You get like, we're going to have folks like uh, Jeremy Reeves on that. Mm -hmm. We're going to have Alfred Dunhill on there. Uh These are, uh, Uh we're going to have Mikey, Mikey McNeil. Uh, we, there's there's going to be there's going to be some names man there's going to be there's, there's going to be some people's and I, no we've done the entire thing it's our final bracket and we got to do it so whose idea was this this is a terrible idea i got to go back and take a look i i we, we gave up <laughs> i think it was nathan nathan was it you i think it was you all right there we go uh, all right well here we go all you right can blame him. all right that'll be next, uh, week. next week it'll be good your thoughts your comments listener feedback Listener feedback. All right, man. This week on listener feedback, we've got a email in from Tom King. Uh, and here is what Tom King says has to say. Uh, hey, JD and Bo, I wasn't sure if this was the right place to send listener feedback. I think we get a lot of uh, questions on like where, where like if, if we're reading it or if you're sending it, then it's the right place. Like you're good. So don't <laughs> this, this happened twice. This Email, episode. iTunes review. Yeah. Tweet. You know, these are these are all uh, appropriate places. That's right. That's right. Probably the least best place is Facebook messages. This probably gets checked the least. No, but, those actually that's not a good place. to No, do. that is yeah. not a good place. I, I will agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think I think it's collected like maybe once a year. But anyway. All right. All that to say. Here's what uh, King had to say. He said. Uh, just a quick note to say thanks for the podcast. It's really kept my spirits up and taught me uh, much about this fascinating hobby. I'm a newish pipe smoker from the UK, and I've had a pipe for about four years. Uh, my first being a Morgan Bones poker paired with some Ashton smoothing, uh, smooth sailing aromatic tobacco. Mm. During, during our recent lockdown in England, I was pointed in the direction of your podcast and have since got much more into the hobby. I've gone from rarely smoking my pipe, usually uh, only while camping and more regularly enjoying the leaf and the briar. Inspired by your podcast, I have started to try different styles of pipes, including a Peterson Churchwarden, a bent author, and a stubby Zulu dog, uh, also a Morgan pipe and fantastic. I have also been trying different tobaccos, branching out, tasting English blends and Peterson, Samuel Gaywith. Uh, my favorite so far is Squadron Leader and also tasting some different aromatics as a more uh, and, and more every day. 
uh, ju- or as more of everyday smoking. Uh, just wanted to let you fellas know that your podcast really helps us newbies get into the hobby and feel connected with others despite not having a local pipe community. Uh, my other hobby is wood carving, usually spoons and crafts, so I have even tried carving my own pipe, which actually turned out better than I expected. As a school teacher, mid-pandemic, and outdoorsman who is stuck inside more than usual, there is nothing more relaxing after a busy day at work than switching on an episode of Country of the Country Squire, lighting up a bowl of fine tobacco and enjoying them whilst carving outside. Thanks, and if ever uh, get and if I ever get the chance to visit Jackson, I will certainly pop in and say hi. All the best, and again, that is from listener Tom King. Well, Tom, oh, man. man, what man, what what a treat to get uh, get a a note like that from someone all the way uh, over in over in the UK. So, uh, man, Tom, thank you so much, man. We're glad that we've uh, you know been a small part of your um, pipe adventures and are encouraging you along the way. And uh, man, please, if you uh, if you if you ever find a reason to come to a place like Jackson, Mississippi, don't don't just pop in. We'll we'll, we'll roll out the red carpet for you. <laughs> Tell you what. I, you you know, out of curiosity, the furthest that somebody has uh, made a pilgrimage from? Yeah, the Gold Coast of Australia. Well, there you go. Yep, yep. We've had uh, we've had a couple from Australia, and uh, man, that was a fun, fun time too. They brought me um, brought me a few treats, and um, man, we've uh, had a had a really nice fellow from Scotland come through, and um, man, Austria, Germany, Italy, just just all over, man. So we're uh, we're always grateful, always grateful to see folks. Man, that's awesome. All right. Well, hey, if y'all got some listener feedback for us, uh, like we mentioned, you can send them in through uh, email show at countrysquireradio.com. You can write us an iTunes review. It's a great way to help out the show. Doesn't cost you a dime to do it. If you're able to spend a few dimes, though, to help support the show, head over to patreon.com slash countrysquireradio, where you can join the Country Squire Radio International Pipe Club. We'd love to have you there. We also want to encourage you. You can follow us on Twitter at Squire Radio is the place to do it. Follow John David at John David Cole or the shop at underscore Country Squire. But all that information and more can be found at CountrySquireRadio.com. And actually, even as I'm saying this, what won't be there now is uh, Beard Core's the, the location of the Beard Cave because I think that's posted on our website. Right now. <laughs> he was that's okay funny. with it. I was like, you know, put it on the website. Okay, just making sure. All right, yeah, let me uh, whatever. <laughs> let me, let me make sure to take that down before this episode goes live. But anyway, man. <laughs> <laughs> Hope everybody is having a good week. Uh, man, I'm glad that uh, you're, you're on an uptick. That, that just makes me so happy. Feels good, man. Looking forward to pulling that pipe back out. And, uh, man, let's, uh, let's, let's go have a good week. Hey, man. <laughs> That's right. Let's go have a day. See you, brother. say you're doing the backup recording right Bo oh <laughs> <laughs> and this is where Bo nervously laughs and then pretends like he was doing the backup recording and then yeah I've been doing it this entire time right <laughs> <laughs> oh that's awesome <laughs> oh, busted <laughs> feels so much better okay all right you can breathe a little bit easier if we uh 
Yeah, if that oh, ever happened man. again, I I just I quit. <laughs> that's hilarious. That is absolutely hilarious. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Oh, that's funny. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.